Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? Oh, we started off Monday, shaking the Monday morning blues with our Dr. Pierre Gordon. And we talked about the reason for chronic pelvic pain. Well, one of the reasons could possibly be that endometriosis, yes, that's in the cells that normally grow on the inside of the uterus now uh, growing on the organs of, on our organs. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. Well, that would cause and could cause a great deal of pain. All we talked about that UTI, the urinary tract infection that uh, infects our kidneys, our bladder, and that can cause a definite level of pain in the pelvic area. All we talked about that idea, that irritable bowel syndrome, and that could possibly cause a level of chronic pain as well. So, you know, you're going to have to say, go oh, and listen so you can get all the details because our Dr. Gordon did a fantastic job with breaking down not just the, the areas I mentioned, but quite a few others. And, whoa, it was fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And then there was a little post conversation because I think you just might enjoy. All right. Well, we could not finish off a Monday morning properly if we did not get the switch tip with Shanti. And this week's switch tip builds on good deeds. You know, sometimes we start out doing some stuff that's good. And then for whatever the reason is, you kind of trickle off. You know, when God sends you that person to uh, minister to, 
is having that difficult time in life and you start off rearing to go and uh, after a while they get on your nerves <laughs> or they just become a little too much too much for you, too challenging, much more than you thought you're asking God, well, what is this? I didn't think it was supposed to be this way. And, you know, the Bible tells us the opposite side of build on your good deeds. The Bible tells us, you know, don't grow weary in well-doing. Just continue. You know, you started off something, and, you know, just go ahead and, and continue. Find that music. And if you can't find that reason to continue, go to God. Go to God. And I'm serious. I listen. I didn't been there. So make sure you go to God and just ask Him to help you get this thing together. Okay. Alrighty. Well, let's talk about it. Tuesday, church folk day rolled around, and uh. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, were the stories on on Tuesday. You know, when you get to let's talk about it Tuesday, I try to get the juiciest stories, and I wasn't too uh, moved by the stories, but as I started talking, oh, we started talking about that Utah author, the woman who wrote the book about, you know, helping the children deal with grief, and uh, now she's being charged with the murder of her husband, and she got children. Oh, my, 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 who might need the good book now? Mm-mm-mm. Well, we also talked about that uh, uh, neighbor who shot the young girl, 14 years old, in the head. When they were playing a hide and seek in his yard, yeah, he saw, he, he saw some shadows, and uh, he got to shoot. When the shadow was running away, how does this work? How does this work? Well, unfortunately, you know she was shot in the head, but thanks be to God, you know she there were no life threatening injuries. Can you imagine that being shot in the head again? Another young person shot in the head that God spared their life. And I love the conversation about the woman who hit the lottery. Let me rephrase that. The wife who hit the lottery. And uh, she said she was not sharing it with her husband. No, that wasn't happening. She said, I'm not putting it in our joint account. This was my ticket. And I purchased it. And I'm sticking to that. I ain't sharing I'm not sharing. Well, a wonderful conversation ensued uh, amongst the pastoral team. And uh, you have to go back and listen to it. Ah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to do you like that this morning. Oh, Wednesday. Wow. Wednesday rolls around. And our girl Vivian talked about uh, the lookalike. The lookalike woman. Yeah, there was a woman who found another woman who looked like her and figured, oh, I'm on the run for murder in my country, and now I'm going to assume the identity of someone else. So she uh, 
made that appointment with that male technician, and uh, she went after her and tried to kill her. But unfortunately, she didn't die, so she was finished. And when they caught up with her, they found passport and other things that belonged to this woman. So uh, I'm sorry, she didn't get away with that particular attempted murder. But, um, yeah, that was a wow story for the morning. Well, the lady got to talking, and uh, we talked about the uh, way Satan seeks to destroy us on a regular basis, and we talked about the fact that he tries to uh, cause disunity amongst the Christian people. Uh, is your church divided? That might be a way that Satan has kind of wiggled his way on in to destroy you. Now, what better way to destroy you when you came along with your church folk? Because a whole lot of us ain't got a whole lot of them. So the few that we do have, Satan needs to separate us so that we don't grow together. So come on, come on, come on. Let's pay attention to that thing, okay? All right. Well, Therapeutic Thursday rolled around and we had our pastor, Jason Bentley Powell on with us. And he talked about his book, I Delayed Me, My Delay Has Purpose. And it was Quite a story of a friend of ours, uh, New York, I would like to say, from Southside Jamaica, Queens. And uh, boy, you know, he talked about his book as well as ministered to us. Yes, it was a nice fusion of um, different. I don't know. This was one of the rare times where we really had ministering through the book in this kind of way, like a preaching kind of way. But it didn't come off as preaching because he talked about his life. How and it was a nice fusion also between how he delayed him and how God delayed him from being destroyed, making the wrong decisions, or delayed the destruction of his decisions, and uh, you know, turn that thing around. So it was, you know, it was a really good, interesting conversation. It really was. It really was because as he spoke, you heard so many different things and. Uh, my advice is to go back and listen. Yeah. I think you're going to get a whole lot. whole lot from this young man who uh, has a powerful ministry. And we give God thanks that he decided to come on in due time with Pastor Seth and share it with us. Yeah. I think he spoke to a whole lot of people. And especially our young people. Yes. Because he's young himself, yes. So, you know, his ears 
could definitely learn a few things. All right? All right. So that's how we spent hours. Now, this week was pretty exciting, as all the weeks are pretty exciting. And uh, we're giving God thanks because we are here. We are at the end of the week. It is Freestyle Friday. And we get to do whatever it is we want to do. And uh, I don't know what that is. But I do know we are going to speak to the men because the men have their say this morning. And uh, we know that they're going to send us one way or another into a thought-provoking weekend. All right? All right. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast. Oh, go and tell somebody that it's Friday and it's due time to pass the step. It's on and whatever you do. Whatever you do, don't go nowhere because we'll be right back. Osteoporosis is the most common bone disease afflicting an estimated 10 million Americans over the age of 50, with an additional 34 million at risk. Osteoporosis is the process of bone thinning. In fact, the term actually means porous bones. And really all adults are at risk for this bone thinning. In fact, one out of every two women and up to one in four men over the age of 50 will have an osteoporosis-related fracture during their lifetime. A woman's lifetime risk of a hip fracture equals her combined risk of breast, uterine, and ovarian cancer. There are some things we can do to help protect ourselves and at least slow the rate of bone loss over time. The National Osteoporosis Foundation recommends bone density testing for all women age 65 and older and men age 70 and older. For more information on osteoporosis, please visit the National Osteoporosis Foundation website at www.nof.org or speak with your health care provider. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And uh, it is Freestyle Friday. For some others, just thank God it's Friday. And uh, we are so grateful to God because he has ushered us into the end of the week, safe, healthy, in our right frame of mind, as they say. <laughs> ah, what a way to give God thanks, but to serve him and be able to minister to you all on today. And uh, let's say thank you to God together. For all that he has done. All right. And uh, we about to get this moment started. You know, I got some chatting to do before 
uh, our men join us. And uh, let's get this party started. What are we talking about this morning? What are we talking about this morning? Well, you know, on Fridays, I like to give you some uh, some mishmash fun facts, you know. What do I call it? Who knew? Who knew? And uh, we've kind of gotten a nice jump on the who knew. And um, we like to talk about the stars. You know, we don't do a whole lot of that here on the Sweet Time with Pastor Steph. We don't talk about the stars very much because a lot of times, you know, it's uh, it ends up being kind of slanderous. And uh, we want to make sure that we don't come across as a TMZ and all of that kind of stuff. As a matter of fact, Shanti started to pray for them. And that's how we normally salute our um, our well-known. We also talk about them here on his due time. During the week, if they come up in the news for something, something that we can actually talk about and learn from, and that's how we salute our entertainers or athletes or well-known, however you want to put it. Well, on Fridays, I like to do a who new, and it's always an interesting fact that most people don't know about. So this morning, now, everybody should know Video Soul. Now, listen. If you are anywhere, let's say, in the 30s, then you should know Video Soul. Because Video Soul was the first black uh, video um, platform that we had. Yes, 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 yes. It came on BET. And that's when BET was owned by us, when it first got started. And it showcased all of, you know, the, you know, the, the black entertainers, their videos. And they had one super host, Donnie Simpson. And he was that man with the velvety voice. I mean, they got Donnie Simpson to host this video soul show and he would not only kind of moderate and talk and commentate, he would actually have interviews. And uh yeah, somebody's saying they know, yes, video soul, yes, that Donnie Simpson. And you know, Donnie Simpson not only had that smooth, velvety voice, but he also was very easy on the eyes. Yes. Nice looking man. As a matter of fact, he was known for his beautiful eyes. Do you remember that? Yes. And I had no idea that he was called DJ Green Eyes. No, I don't know about how many of you, but I didn't know that. Well, 
Who knew that Donnie Simpson actually has a twin brother? Yep. A twin brother. Mr. R&B video, hip-hop video, rap video. Yep. What? He has a twin brother. Now, who also knew that right now, Donnie Simpson is 69 years old. Homeboy is going to be 70. Now, talk about black dog, um, black dog crap. When, when I've seen a picture of Donnie Simpson recently. And I'm like, wait a minute, he don't look no 69. Yes, he is now 69 years old. And remember now, uh, BET and Video Soul was back from the 80s. So you're talking, if we did 85, that is 37 years ago, 30, going on 38 years ago. And he don't look, nobody 69. Okay? So he has a twin brother. And this twin brother, they are extremely close. Now, maybe I wasn't looking at Video Soul when he talked about the twin brother. Because uh, I don't remember him ever talking about the twin brother. And back in the 80s, we all looked at Video Soul because back then it was MTV. I think was the only other platform that was showing videos. And they showed, they didn't show our videos. They didn't show, you know, um, our videos on the permanent rotation. You know, there's a whole lot of other videos that they played. So we all looked at Donnie Simpson's um, show. And, you know, he didn't mention it. But they said they are extremely close. He has done random public shout-outs. And, uh... He's never shown a picture of his brother. Now, they are not identical twins. They're fraternal twins. And they're saying that one of the reasons why Donnie never really showed a picture or pictures of his brother Lonnie, can you imagine Donnie and Lonnie, is because Lonnie is one who does not like the camera. He does not like photos. He does not like the limelight. Unlike his twin brother. Yeah. So, when, and man, when I tell you fraternal, they are fraternal. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. And Donnie has aged some, but they don't look anything alike, really. Even the nose shape is different. Yeah. So they you would never know. You if they were standing side by side, you wouldn't even know they were brothers. Okay? Now here's another interesting fact. His brother, Lonnie, is a minister. Yes. Yeah. His brother Lonnie is a preacher and 
he has been for many, many years, they say. So, you know, he's a preacher. He's a, he, you know, this preacher who nobody knows, nobody sees as Donnie Simpson's brother. And, you know, it was really, really interesting. I'm looking at a second picture of the two of them, and I got to tell you, I don't see much resemblance at all. At all. At all. So, you know, I thought that that would be a nice little interesting fact. And um, they have a picture of, let's say, his other um, siblings. They are part of a six-sibling team. It's six of them. Yep. And they all grew up very close. And they say that Donnie became a radio personality at the age of 10. They say his brother Calvin Jr. owned a chain of wholesale record stores called Bad Records. And their older brother, or their other brother rather, Harry, he became a DJ in Detroit. And so now you see that that kind of uh, thing kind of runs in the family, that music business. Three of them in total are in or have been in the music business. And they say that um, when Donnie became the, you know, in-demand TV host of Video Soap, his mother Dorothy said that she had a love for music but had no clue what he was doing. And uh, can you imagine him being on the TV, him being in such demand at the time, him being so good at it, and she not even know what he was doing. So I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, most moms kind of follow what their kids are doing. And, you know, once somebody tells you your kid is on TV, what do you do? Oh, my kid's on TV. Daddy's on TV. Daddy's on TV. Daddy's on TV. Now, they do that for a one-shot deal. You know, you go, you, you on, uh, they caught you walking by, you know, when they were filming the, the, uh, the accident on Main Street and Malcolm X Boulevard, you know? <laughs> and, you know, they caught you walking by and you and they wave, hey, mom, and they call your mom. I was on TV. And you tell everybody. And that's, that's the way, you know, especially the older women, grandmas and stuff like that, they used to do. Oh, my baby's on TV, my baby's on TV. So can you imagine, not only was her baby on TV, but he was like a staple. And she didn't even know. Man. Well, I mean, you know, I guess with six kids, you ain't going to know a whole lot of stuff. But, you know, again, he started at 15. And so by the time the 80s came around and he was in his 30s, you know, that definitely, uh, he was seasoned by that time. And not only that was he seasoned, but he was now on video. And remember, back during that time, we weren't on video. We, outside of the fence, was not on video. 
something like that was not on TV, you know, in that essence like that. And remember, you know, BT had just gotten started not that long ago. And, you know, we don't know nothing about us. And I don't know if you all remember, it wasn't... um it wasn't just him. I somebody sent me the name um, of our boy who was on the other the other video DJ. Oh my goodness! What is his name from the eighties? That's when hip hop, um, early eighties hip hop had just started, and you used to have to turn your your TV to channel U. Oh come on! Don't tell me you don't remember that. You have to turn your TV to channel you and then find like 20 or channel 25, I think it was. I cannot remember his name. But again, you know, these were these were the first two gentlemen to really get us started on the video um, tip for our people. So shout out to Donnie Simpson, his twin brother Lonnie and uh, you know we, we, we're grateful because when the the, um, the video started before Donnie Simpson it was this other guy no not DJ Storm oh there we go Ralph McDaniel thank you very much thank you for the other suggestion that just wasn't it Ralph McDaniel that's right when Ralph McDaniel used to come on I can't think of his radio, his uh, DJ show. If y'all can remember, send it to me. Um, you used to have to pay for videos. Yep, you used to pay, have to pay two ninety nine to um, ask, you know, to, to have your video played. Now, I can't even remember how we did that because back then, we sure didn't have bank accounts and stuff like that and cards and, you know, bank cards and things like that. So I don't even remember how, oh, they charged it to your phone. Remember that, y'all? How many of you ran up your mother's... Um, I didn't do it. I'm just telling you, I didn't do it. How many of you ran up your mother's um, phone bill on the chat line? Yeah. Don't tell me y'all don't remember that. Don't tell me y'all remember that. Oh, don't tell me y'all don't remember that. Oh, John Jesus confessing. Oh, there we go. There we go. Video music box. Thank you. I know, I know. See, my listeners, they're holding me down. Video, Ralph McDaniel and Video Music Box. Thank you so much. Yes, you have to pay like two ninety nine to get a video played. And Shanti is confessing that she ran up not only mine, but my mother's phone bill for BET. So she, uh, <laughs> she... She was uh, on the Donnie Simpson tip, you know. Um, you know, it, it's it's wonderful going back into our memory banks and remembering those things. And you know, we've come a long way. We've really come a long way. And like I said, how we have definitely um, spent our money and our time. And uh, I thought that was a nice little throwback. Uh, kind of who knew. And that's what I like to do on a Friday morning. So, what are we talking about? Mm. Okay. Well, 
I'm so tired of hearing this. How are we still, after all this time, leaving our babies in the car? Now, Shantice has said this before, and I have long developed the, um, how do you say it, the belief that this stuff is not by accident. Ain't no way in the world. Now, we got here in Spring Valley, you have the baby, one years old, who had been left in the car for hours. They had left, been left unattended in the car. And what do you think happened? The baby died. Now, I'm still trying to figure out what kind of excuse is this parent or these parents, what are they going to say? Because you can't tell a one-year-old. I never understood that. You get in the car, you put the baby in the car, you ride around, and you get out, and you forget that you put that you ever put the baby in the car. Or when you remember you put the baby in the car, you thought it was yesterday or last Thursday. You don't remember that it was earlier a couple of hours ago or so one hour ago or 15 minutes ago, whatever it is. I, I, I don't get it. You know, I have three kids, and I've helped to raise quite a few. I've got younger uh, family members, and all my friends had kids. And I don't remember one child that you could leave in a car or leave behind, whether they were awake or asleep, especially if they were awake. You surely wasn't forgetting them in a car if you wanted to. So I can't imagine, you know, what are we saying to the authorities when I left my one-year-old in a car for hours and this child died? So, you know, I, I'm going to try to follow this story because I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what exactly they're going to say about this here. I'm really curious because I'm about tired of this weak excuse of I forgot, and I don't believe they forgot. I don't believe they forgot. Oh, what else are we talking about? All right. As we always have these crazy, crazy stories. So out in Detroit, oh, there was a guy who went up in this gas station, and he tried to run his car. For less than $4. And the purchase was rejected. Now, let me just say that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, that when you tried to run that card for less than $4, you knew you didn't have the money. $4? Well, when he didn't have the money on the card. He actually tried to leave the store, but the clerk locked the door. So what do you think happened? Well, I may not have $4, but I sure have a gun. <laughs> oh, I can't, Joe. I can't. So he threatens to shoot everybody in the gas station unless the clerk unlocks the door. So one of the guys is yelling, yo, please, man, don't shoot us. 
We ain't got nothing to do with this. And uh, he started shooting anyway. So this one guy who made the, the, the plea, he got shot, but he was not, you know, he was just injured. But his friend who was in the store with him, he was shot and he was um, murdered. He killed him. And there was an elderly man, um, an older man, rather, 60 years old, who was also wounded. So after they shot the guys, after he shot the men, all three men were, were shot. Then the clerk opens up the door, and the guy flees, and they end up catching him. And all of this for $4. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Less than $4. So you go into jail for murder and attempted murder for less than $4. If I, I mean, this is just a classic case of we just don't think this thing through. Where is the plan? You know, Pastor Steph is going to ask for this question. Where, 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 what was the plan? You didn't, here's what happened. You didn't think that clerk was going to lock that door. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about the clerk. I don't know about y'all. But Stephanie, you could go ahead and walk with that less than four dollars worth of merchandise. If I had to take that four dollars and put it in the register myself, because they could see on the camera what happened. But your decision to lock a door for less than four dollars cost someone their life and could have cost you your life. Was it really worth it? Well, I guess now the answer is no for him. You know, he thought he was doing the right thing. And, I mean, am I going to blame him for trying to do the right thing? No. But, uh, I mean, come on, y'all. Like I said, at least for Stephanie. I'm I'm just not. I'm just not. uh, (laughs) I'm just not locking no door for these crazy people for less than $4. It was less than $4. I don't think that was worth locking no door with the way these people are out here. And here's the thing. When he threatened, here's my question. When he said, open up this door, and he pulled out the gun, I mean, would you have not opened the door? So I don't know if the guy, when he pulled out the gun, if the clerk was frozen at that time and was scared to move, or whatever, and at that time he realized, oh, I don't think this was such a great idea. Yeah, that may have happened, but like I said, again, where was the plan? Because I'm going to tell you something off the top of my head, off the rip, as they say, I would not have locked the door at all. You know what? You, uh, hey, 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 come on back here. With that, with, with the, uh, you ain't going to pay for that? It's less than three years low. It's just than $4. And if he kept on walking, he could have kept on walking. Yep, that would have been Stephanie's way. Now, I may have gotten fired. Because <laughs> they said you let him walk out with $4 worth of merchandise. But then you know what? I'd rather lose this job than to lose my life. How about that one? So there wasn't a really good plan on anybody's part. And um, you know, now you have somebody dead. Because two people made 
a bad decision over something so small and petty. Oh, boy. All righty. What else are we talking about here this morning? Okay, you know, we 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 got nothing but bad news over here today. We, know, we had our fun news already. But um, we're talking about there was a 21-year-old woman who was um, murdered pretty much. You know, they're saying that her brothers found her. But I got to tell you the story because... It's not the story of the murder more than how people do things. Again, where was the plan? So you have this Kajan Campbell, who's 25, from Brooklyn, who pled guilty to second-degree murder out in Suffolk County on May 8th for fatally stabbing uh, his girlfriend on New Year's Day back in 22. So here's what happened, and that's what I said. It's not more the story of the murder, but just, again, what happened to the plan? These people just don't pay attention. So he goes to her house, and he knocks on the door. And her 15-year-old brother answers the door, who notices that he has he's dressed all in black, and he has a ski mask around his neck. Now, here's the thing. He had never seen this guy before. But clearly the girl must have been talking, his sister must have been talking about him. So he kind of, you know, possibly knew who he was after he asked for her. And he then asked for a phone number to a cab company. So the kid looks up the phone number. He gives him the number and he leaves. The boyfriend leaves. So after he leaves, good Lord, they say he comes back. Well, does he told the guy told the boy told the sister. He told the sister that he was there looking for her, and she leaves in the family car. So she must have known that, you know, maybe they had gotten into an argument or something or whatever. And maybe he told the sister what he, what he had on, what the boyfriend had on, and she left. Well, I guess she was scared. So he um came back later. She came back, and he was there, or he came back before she could get in the house, and he attacked her. And they hear the two brothers on the inside of the house hear her screaming. And they open the door. They see him, the same one who was dressed in all black, um, stabbing their sister. And by the time they call the cops or they try to, you know, he, he noticed whatever, he leaves the cops. By the time the cops get there, he's gone. But they spot him down the street somewhere and he tries to jump a fence and he wasn't able to get across that fence so they end up arresting him well when they did the autopsy they found the tip of the knife inside of her skull the same and it's coming from the same knife that they found 
in the bushes when they found him that had a broken tip on it. And the younger brother identifies him as the same um, person who was standing at the door. And he claims that he remembers punching her, but after that, after that he blacked out. And, you know, we didn't talk about this blacking out business here um, on the show. And, you know, it, it's, it's a senseless, horrific act. You don't know who you're getting involved with out here these days. And, you know, I'm bringing this up because it makes me think of, are we waiting on God? Are we waiting on God to choose who it is we need to be with? Who it is we should be with? Who it is? That's going to be our life's partner because we know if God chose the person, these type of things surely would not happen. And I'm, I don't want you to think I'm beating up on her or anything like that because if you've been listening to it this time long enough, you know I, I I've had my share um, of abuse um, at a much younger age, and you know again, did I wait? The answer was no. You know, I chose or I let him choose me. And, you know, this is what happens. You know, we don't have the best results when we don't wait on the Lord. We have to wait on God, you know, to hear, you know, these, again, you know, these stories, you know, that we're doing on a regular basis here on this due time, unfortunately, we're we're hearing like it's, it's the, 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 the scope of, of, of domestic violence is broad. You know, there are sometimes we tell the stories, you know, not that long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, we told the story of, of the 55-year-old woman, remember? Um, she had started dating the guy, and they had that on and off again relationship. And, you know, he, I think he was like close to 60, if not 60, and he ends up murdering her. Remember, the daughters were, were giving the, the news account, um, you know, and we here we have the 25 and the 20, 20, what, 21-year-old? Yeah, she's 21, he's 25. You know, these people, you know, you're, you're kind of giving away your life. You know, you're giving away your life at 25 when you commit murder for something that's so stupid. Stupid. We talked about this here before. Why you just can't leave? There are so many men and women out here in this world, but you become obsessed with one, and now you commit murder, you throw your life away, now, you know, you take your life, you know, uh, 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 and you give it away to the system. You, you now, for those of us who are not choosing better, because it's not just men who are doing this thing here, we know the women. We've done stories with the women who have done, you know, uh, these things, the murders of the two that was choking one another. And and the guy ends up dying because she choked him too hard. You know, this, this stuff here, this is serious stuff here. And we're just giving away our life. 
we're just giving away our the lives that are just going either into the grave or in the jail are just too many. Are we talking to our children? Are we paying attention? Are we the ones sitting on the sidelines saying we didn't know that this was going on? We didn't know that that was happening. So can you please make sure you're paying attention? Can you please make sure you're praying? Can you please make sure you're talking? Because sometimes we talk and it's like a mute point. They ain't listening. Because I can tell you now, people ain't leaving until they're ready to leave. And here's another case of when it was just too late. Because he didn't just walk up to her. There was something. Remember now, when the brother told her that the boyfriend had been at the door, she left. She left. They said she left in the family car and she probably left because she was scared. Because he didn't did something that made her nervous. You know, we talked, you know, to our gentlemen and with our gentlemen before, but we're going to have this conversation again because this conversation needs to be had. As often as this stuff stays in the news, we need to have this conversation. Let's say good morning to our brother Al and see if he's ready to talk to us this morning. Good morning, brother Al. Hey, good morning. Get somewhere quiet. I know you can call me that fast. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Good to be on here. You know, I've been missing and acting with these doggone kids, but Glad to be here this morning. I'm glad to have you on with us, Brother Al. Glad to have you on with us this morning. You know, Brother Al, we are still claiming that we forgot and left the kids in the car. I I, I stopped believing that. You ain't forgot. Here we got a one-year-old left in the car for hours up in Rock, um, Rockland County, and the, the baby ends up dying. Do you believe this is by accident, Brother Al? No, I, I don't believe it at all because so what you're telling me is that this kid is so well behaved and so quiet that you forgot that they were in the car. I, that, that's that's they're saying to me, and I, that's, I'm starting to believe like you that they they're not telling the truth. Yeah, especially brother Al when they say they left the baby in the car for hours. So even if you jumped out the car and ran and said, oh, wait a minute, I forgot little JoJo in the car. But hours, that, 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 that becomes really questionable to me. And I am not believing, you know, that this baby is left one years old. I mean, how, right. how quiet is the baby? Right. And then, so you left, when you left out the house, okay, when you left out the house, you packed that baby up. You put that baby in the car seat. So you forgot all of that when you left the house that you brought the baby out. You put the baby in the car seat. You forgot all that. Now, that they just being negligent. You know, it's just straight negligent. And they need to pay for that. They really need to pay for that. Absolutely, absolutely. We got this other um, story, Brother Al, where out in Detroit, there's a guy who goes in the store he picks up less than four dollars worth of merchandise. He hands the clerk his card. The purchase is declined, and he tries to walk out the store with the merchandise. And the clerk locks the door. He pulls out a gun, and he tells the clerk, "If you don't open up this door, I'm gonna start shooting." 
one of the guys in the store, another um, customer, you know, hey, 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 don't listen. Please don't shoot us because we ain't got nothing to do with this. Him and his friend were in the store. So with that, he starts shooting. So not only does does that guy who's 37 get shot, but the friend who's 37 is also shot, but he's killed. There's a 60-year-old man in the store who was shot, but he was also wounded. The clerk then opens the door, and the guy flees, but he's caught later on. Now, my question is, Brother Al, because I said, when he was walking out the door with less than $4 worth of merchandise, I'd have been like, hey, come on, you're not going to pay for that. And he said, no, kept on walking. I would have, I would have let him walk. I ain't locking no door. Now, because you decided to lock the door, now, you know, you may have thought you were doing the right thing, but now this now cost someone their life, could have cost you yours. Two other people were wounded. Would you have locked the door? Would you have tried to stop him? Absolutely not. And, you know, I used to work in retail stores. And, you know, in retail stores, people lurking to come in and still, you know, that's why we got security, okay? I'm not being hero because, again, you don't know what this person may be carrying. You don't know. It, it, and it's not yours. Just a perfect example, right? I used to work with the money truck, the armored car. And I always told them, if somebody gets a drop on me and tries to rob me, I'm not getting killed over nobody else's money. Take every dime. Just don't, don't shoot me. You can have it. You want me to help you carry it to the car? I help you carry it to the car. Because, you know, all, all this stuff from retail stores and stuff like that, this stuff is insured. So they get it back, but you can't get your life back. But you get some people that play, play so, want to be heroes so bad, so, you know, they, they go jumping in and out. And, okay, now what? You don't know what this person knows. You took $4 worth of good. I'm, I'm going to do my part. Bro, you ain't going to pay for that? Mind your business, I ain't paying for nothing. All right, you have a great day. <laughs> You know what, Brother Al? I said, listen, it's less than $4. You could walk us. I'll put the $4 in, 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 the, in the drawer. I Listen, it, it just ain't worth it. It just ain't worth it. It's just not worth it. it it's so not worth it. You know, I, I'm with you. You know, have a blessed one. You know, I, you just really, really, you can't take, you can't take chances these days because these people are way too unstable. Way too unstable. Uh, you know, brother Al, we talked before. You know what? Let me before we go there. Before we go there, let me let me talk to KL before we kind of sink our teeth into that part, into that story, and then move on forward. Thanks for joining us this morning. Let's say good morning to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? I am well. Thank you. I am well. Uh, how you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> All right, now. We're talking about these two stories, the one-year-old, um, the Rockland County uh, one-year-old who was left in the car for hours. You know, I've said, and Brother Al has said, I don't believe this is no mistake. This has just happened too often. They've been left on buses. They've been left in the car, all kinds of things. And 
how do you forget a one-year-old in a car? I believe that this is intentional. And, you know, I, what do you think? you think it's intentional as well? Or do you think it's a mistake? I, I, I think it's definitely intentional. I think that, that child was crying all day. A bottle wasn't working. A change pamper wasn't working. Every time he looked around, he was crying for something else. But he said, okay, well, then, then he said, we're going to take a ride. Usually when you take a ride, the child go to sleep. That didn't work. The child's still crying. So he locked the child behind up in the car and went shopping. Stress relief. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this is not something that you do by mistake. Because even if they're left in the car sleeping, even they go to sleep, you don't forget that they're in a the car for hours. You know, even if you go right. to, 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 right. to step out the car, you know, initially, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's like a minute. But you don't forget no one-year-old. First of all, you don't even forget a one-year-old is in your life. I don't even forget the one-year-old is even in your life, Pastor Kale, much less leaving them in the car. So I, I don't know. Right. I don't right. know. Right. I hope that they are punishing these people really, really, really seriously because they need to stop this garbage. Poor little babies. All right. You, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, you talk about in your store. And, you know, this uh, four, less than $4. Let me ask you something. If something like that were to happen, because I said I would just put the $4 up in the drawer, call the debt. Can you do that? Can you do what? Put the, put the money back in the drawer and not report it. Is it like are they gonna like penalize you or punish you or is that like yeah, something, yeah, you, is something yeah, wrong? You really, you really, you really can't take anything out of your pocket and and put it in the drawer. You can't, you can't do that. First of all, you can't even have a. Technically, when you're on the register, you can't, you can't have like your purse up there. They really don't want you to have a wallet up there. Nothing where they think you might take money or give money. You know what I mean? Right, and I've 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 done I've done retail before, and they used to tell you know you don't like you said you know we could not have our pocketbooks and things like that on us, um, and if we were purchasing something, we could only purchase it at certain times um, from right, certain right. registers. You know they, they try to do all of those things as preventive measures, but you know how do you how do you take care of this now? You know it's, it's less than four dollars. You know, I feel like you're our resident, like Chantice is our resident server and restaurant connoisseur. You know, you're our resident, you know, retail person. You know, so how do you, do you, do? because see, now you have other repercussions behind people walking out of the store with the merchandise and now on your shift. How does this work now? How do you get this rectified? What? Well, as I as I stated before, uh, there's a catch twenty two, because technically the person has not stolen the merchandise until they get over the threshold of the door, and when they get over the threshold of the door, you can't you, you can't uh, confront them. So you're you're almost you know you're you're in the middle of it. You know they're gonna steal it, but until they steal it, they you can't do anything. You know, like I always say. A lot of folks will put stuff in their pocket and walk through the store, and then 
you know, when you get to the front, you ask them, hey, you going to pay for that stuff you put in your pocket? You know, saying stuff like that, you know, um, you might not have had a, had a basket, so you put it in your pocket and you're going to pay for it now. You know, in my young days, when I worked for, for a prominent pet store, and a guy was trying to steal a whole 50-pound bag of dog food, 50 pounds now. Wow. So, so excuse me, it wasn't put in their pocket. Um, in my young days, when I was when I was spry and I thought I owned the store, now mind you, my name wasn't on the store. Me, me, and the culprit went through the window. What? And went straight through the straight through the window because I was saving that fifty pound bag of dog food. So yeah, wow. it, it, it's now now I'm going to give you the dog food, put some gravy on it. Throw in a couple of bones and a leaf. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Well, and he, he, oh, yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> Excuse me. The guy doesn't leave the store. I guess as he's approaching the store to leave, the clerk locks the door. Now, to me, that was. Yeah, he, 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 set, uh, he, set, he set himself up for a yeah. It, it could not have it could not have gone well after that. Now, once the guy right. said, "If you don't unlock this door, I'm shooting everybody," man, I would unlock that door so quick. Right. You know, but but then right. on the other side, on the other side of it, as as a manager or assistant manager, you know, if you let one person do it, he now goes around to the projects and tells everybody, "Hey, man, take what you want." So so now you know it, it becomes a, a pattern where everybody can do it. You understand what I'm saying? So you almost have to show, you know, that, that you're standing up for, for what you have. Now, he, he stood up and laid down at the same time. So, I mean, there's so much you're going to stand up for. You know, and like you said, for $4 is fine. But when you think about, you know, uh, $4 times 20 a day, you you losing a lot of money. Because today, right. today so $4, tomorrow $15, next day 20 Right. Right, right, because if they see they can get over, they're going to keep on doing it. Right. And now, so my other question is, so even at the end of your shift, you're short to less than $3 on your register, you, can you um, offer to put the money in the drawer to make to make up the short? Well, well from, from, from what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing in, in, in this story is that he's not paying for it. So unless you cast it out, you're not sure. You just lost the merchandise. Your register isn't sure. Right, if right, I, if, I right. Ring, if I ring up your if I ring up your whole order, and you don't have enough money, then you think I'm short all that all that? No, I just canceled it out. Right, right. So he right, wasn't he right. wasn't short the four dollars. He was just short the merchandise. Now. When, when you're short the merchandise, you're short at times two because it's no longer in your building. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of times when people return stuff, you know, do do fake returns, it's times two because now now you're returning a fake thing that's not in your building and it was already stolen, so that's times two. So now you lost eight dollars of merchandise. Okay. Wow. 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 But that, but that's all it is. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't lose the money. I mean, you lost the money technically, but you didn't lose money from, from, your, from you being the cashier. 
Right, right, right. So how do y'all, you know, how does that get handled on a managerial level? What does your manager do when, um, I, I know this is like an, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, an interview, but listen, we always talk about the rest of the I'm, I'm curious. You know what? Do, what? Do, what happens when you when you when you're ready to cash out? And listen, somebody walked out the store. Here's what happened. It was twenty dollars, fifteen dollars, two dollars, whatever. How? how so what happens? Does anything happen to the employee? No, no. I mean, not not unless you review tape and it looks like he or she was a part of it. Okay. You understand know what I'm saying? Okay. If if, if they just yeah. got got. I mean, I, I, I give you a perfect example. Uh, one of my stores, um, this, this guy came up there and he rang up a bunch of stuff. Um, and then he um, he wanted to put money, he wanted to put $500 on a gift card. So they put the $500 on a gift card. And then he said, hey, by the way, can I get some of them balloons behind you? So, you know, in our store, we have to blow up the balloons, which means we have to turn around with our back facing the, the, the register. So he reached over the register, cast it out, and left. How you cast so at out? that point? Yeah, he said. Well, well, see, as we looked at the tape, we 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 saw that he used to work for the company before, so he knew how to do it. Oh, geez. but he reached over the register, okay. cast cast it out, and left. So now, we, we now we short five hundred dollars. Because you just told the register that that you had five hundred dollars, that you put five hundred dollars in the register. Oh my gosh! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Oh, this stuff gets cut. This stuff gets complicated. My 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 my. <laughs> I, I think I'll stay home. I'll stay home. I work from home. This stuff is this stuff is serious, man. Oh my goodness, great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for taking the time to give us the inside of the retail industry. Um, <laughs> we have this last story here before we go into our, our little, um, our focus, our topic today about this, this young guy. And we've talked about this a hundred million times, but no matter how often brother Al and pastor KL, we've talked about this. It just doesn't stop happening. You have this 25-year-old guy who murders the 21-year-old young lady in front, of, you know, in front of her family, pretty much. And you know, we've had these stories where you know the, the guy murdered the woman in front of her father and said that if he could do it again, he would have killed the father along with her. You know, these people are giving their lives away, whether. We're giving our lives away as the perpetrator. You know, he shows up with in all black with a mask around his neck. A dead giveaway for the fact that either you didn't came from doing something or you're getting ready to get into something. And, you know, she she hears that he's there and she leaves. And later on she comes back. Well, he must have been like sitting and wait for her because when he when she came back he then attacked her outside of the house. And when her brothers open the door from all the screaming, they find him stabbing her. And, you know, he runs off. They find this broken, this, this blade that had the tip broken off. And they found the tip, all right, in her skull. You know, this, this stuff here 
you know, what, I, I, um, you know, I guess you, you can't beat people up in a sense, you know, for not leaving, but, you know, the reasons why we didn't leave years ago are much different why, reasons why they don't leave now, you know, when you talk to, to people. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know whether to say what do you say. I don't know. What can you say? Speak to people. I don't even know what to do at this point, in a sense, because it, it's it's because we don't let that. Okay, so let's go there. Because we don't allow God, because this is the point I brought up earlier, because we don't allow God to choose for us, this is how we make the wrong decision. So, Brother Al, what, what you got to say about that one? Yeah, I'm there. Sorry. Um, yeah, you know, um, we need to talk to our young men. You know, uh, I'm, when I see, you know, me personally, when I see a young man, you know, yelling at a woman or whatever, you know, especially here in the school where the kids know me. I mean, it started at a young age. It's crazy, you know. And I keep telling the boys, the young boys, you're not supposed to fight a woman. You're not supposed to treat a woman like that, you know, because they go about what they see, um, songs, songs from these rap songs that are saying that it's okay, that it's okay to, to call a woman a bee. It's okay to have this many women. You know, and we have to train these young men. You know, we have to train these young men. This is not how you're supposed to treat a woman. When a woman tells you no, no means no. It don't mean maybe. It absolutely means no. And I tell these kids, okay, let me tell you what's going to happen when you, well, Mr. B, she hit me first, and she did this. Okay, okay, now let me tell you what's going to happen when the cops come. You know, I tell them about the consequences that going to come. So we got to talk to these young men and train them how to treat a woman. How does this speak to these older, you, now talking to them is, is absolutely the root, you know, at this point. But when we're getting into the 20s and the 30s and we're choosing for ourselves, you know, how do we point them, if, according to you, you know, into the direction of allowing God to choose the person for you. So in other words, if you're a man, you know, if this woman is taking you to this level where you get angry, it doesn't necessarily make sure, make uh, make it her problem, you know, but if you want to present it like that, you know, listen, if she can make you this mad, this is not the person for you. How do we talk to the young people in the church and help them to understand. You know, this is why we need to wait on God. Because when we wait on God, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to finish because I don't want to put words in your mouth. But when you're talking to the, the, the younger men in the church who are now out pursuing, you know, the women that they may want to marry, and you see, Brother Al, that, you know, they're not getting along that they're always arguing, that they're always bickering, they're fighting over stupid stuff especially. How do you advise them to just wait on God, let God choose who it is that they're with, or the female? You know, you don't want a man like this. If, if this is the man that treats you like this, blah, 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 this is why you need to wait on the Lord to, to decide for you. What do you say to them, Brother Al? Well, uh and that, that, that's a good question and a hard one because especially when they're young, um, sometimes they don't see nothing else but 
oh, she's pretty, oh, she got a nice body. So they don't hear anything else. Or sometimes when you tell them, all oh, that go out the window when they see that. And I think one of them is being by an example of, of your life. How can I sit here and tell this young man, you need to wait on somebody and you need to do this when I'm running around in the church, when I got one or two in the church that I'm dating and seeing, or I'm arguing, arguing with the person, you know, um, I tell, I, you know, even some of the young boys at my church, I tell them, I say, you know, love is not supposed to hurt. Love is not unhappiness. You know, God is love. He loves us. Look what he do for us, but we don't even deserve it. So love, love is not, not, not supposed to hurt, you know, and when you wait and God, to God give you that person, you'll be the most happiest person in the world. You argue with this person all the time. That that's showing somewhere in there that y'all ain't got nothing in common because y'all arguing all the time. Not saying it's gonna be perfect, but what y'all got in common? Y'all argue about the six, the the least little thing, you know. But when you wait on God, because He's a perfect God and He sends you that person, it's gonna be the best thing ever. All right, all right. Sounds like good stuff, brother Al. Sounds like good stuff. Pastor KL, you know, this uh, brother Al brought up something that I definitely wanted to touch on. And we, we're talking about the fact that the men are the holes in the church. The women are the holes in the church. Let's say what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, we grown, we, you know. This is what it is. They're, they're migrating through the church, the older people, the pastors, you know. They've been known, the deacons, you know, they've been known to do these things the ministers and now we're watching our young people you know give their lives away whether you give it away to a person who's going to subsequently kill you or maim you or disable you or you're going to give it away to the penal system because now you're going to jail for life for killing somebody or you're going to give away many, many years of your life for attempted murder. Well, how do we speak to them now about waiting on God and, and allowing God to choose who you, you know, spend your life with? Well, well first I think you have to, um, you have to speak to the hurt. You know, when, 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 when men or women do this kind of things, it's because of past hurt, because someone walked away from them, whether it be their mother, whether it be their father. Someone didn't give them the attention that they needed. And now they feel that they're in a situation where someone else is abandoning me again. And I don't want to go through that. You know, uh, women stay, stay, stay in situations because, again, I, I say... Uh, Negative attention is better than no attention at all. So I stay here because I don't know what I'm going to get. I know what I got, you know. And so we have to speak to those things and let them know that, one, it's okay to be by yourself. You know, two, if you don't love you, you can't adequately love anybody else. So first you have to get you together so that you can bring your chair to the table. You know, so many times we come to the table empty-handed, and because the table's already set and dressed, we just want to sit there for free. But there's a cost to sit at a well-dressed table sometimes. You know, and then just because 
the, the table looks well-dressed doesn't mean that the fruit is real. How many times as, as young folks we looked at fruit on the table and we thought the grapes were real, but they wasn't. So, so we have to speak to that first. We have to speak to, to listen, let, let's get you together. Once, once, once we allow God to mold you and who you're supposed to be and who you're called to be, then at that point, the right person will come along. Because the devil and, and God can't dine in the same atmosphere. Therefore, if, if, if you have the whole armor of God, if you have all of God in you, the enemy knows that, that, that he can't be with you. You know, so now he's intimidated by your spirit. He's intimidated by, you, by, 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 by who you are. So, so once you get you together and show who you are, anybody that they listen, flies only go around dead things. If you keep acting dead, here comes the fly. You know, but 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 once you're spry and what once, once everything is fine, there's not going to be any flies around you because there's there's no need for for them to gravitate to you. So get you together. Wow, and that's Pastor Seth, so if I may. If I may pass yeah. stuff, uh, just uh, interject for a quick minute. Um, and you know, and I and, and when I talk to the young men, I tell them what I went through going to church when 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 I started finding God and realizing how good He was to me. And when I never forget the day when I decided I need to get my behind in church and praise and thank Him for what He does for me. And I went on a church hunt, and we already we already know that uh, the church is dominated by women. And I, like I said, I went to one church, and after the service, the women just just hounded me. You know, like people came up to, hey, how you doing? Thank you for coming. And there was at least four women came up to me and said, hey, how you doing? Where you from? Thanks for coming. And then the next word out of their mouth was, are you married? And I'm looking, and I'm already trying to get away and leave alone messing with all these women. So Pastor Carol says it all the time that the enemy knows what you like and what you want, so he puts it in your face. And these women came up to me. So it was crazy because my body was saying yes, but then I kept hearing the Lord's voice in my mind saying, that's not what you come here for. You said you was coming to praise me. This is not what you're coming for. So I made haste of that church. I will not go back there because the enemy is going to trap me here, and it's going to be chaos. So we have to hear that voice. When when God said, you know, hey, listen, this ain't the place for you to be. Hey, listen, don't do that. This is not what you said you were coming to do. And I made my way out. All righty. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. You know, when you're being approached by the things that you're trying to get away from, you're going to have to, you know, get yourself together. Like you said, Brother Al, you can't continue to fall into those same um, holes and pitfalls that you've been falling into. You, you've got to take the rain um, for yourself. So actually, I, I, do, I do like that. You know, I'm going to switch gears here from what we were initially supposed to talk about. And I want to talk about, you know, how we can pick ourselves up and move on. You know, we're talking about being hurt, you know, from a younger um, age, and that could be different things that could have happened. But what what do you do after that? And that's that's the question. How do you move on? And 
one of the things they say is consider letting it out. Let it out. What would you say about that, Brother Al, letting it out? As as far as this, uh, talking about it? Uh, moving on. Yeah, however, letting it get out. If, that, if, comes, if talking oh, okay. about it comes fine, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say yes, especially talking about it. Because um, for me, I have to get stuff off my chest. It, it, it eats me alive if I don't speak about it. And, you know, being able to speak about it and being honest with myself, you know, to, to talk to somebody and be honest with, you know what, this is what's happening and this is what I went through and this is what I could have done, but, you know, I was able to, you know, not do it and, and everything. So I would say, yes, definitely let it out. That's, that's definitely a good outlet. Okay. Pastor KL, you know, you're trying to move on. You're trying to make things better. You're trying to, you know, give God his space in your life, but you can't because you're welled up with all of this hurt and pain from what's happened in your life. And they say one of the things you need to do is let it out. Well, I I, I often say if you can face it, God can fix it. You know, a, a lot of times we sweep these things under the rug because we don't we don't want to deal with it, or we don't want no one to know about our past or what we've been through. We wear the mask for so long. We think the mask is actually our face. We 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 think the mask is actually our real persona. We 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 believe that that we've gotten past it. And then you know, as as uh, Shantish would always say. You know, as we think we get past it, then there are triggers that brings it back to your memory, and then it it almost destroys you because that you thought that that you you have gotten away from has never left you because you've never faced it, you never spoke about it, you never verbalized this thing. You know, we we, we have to we have to be able to flat foot put it all out on the table. So that we can deal with it. Listen, you, you have to, you know, the Bible says take your burdens to the altar and then leave them there. We, we have to be able to open up our suitcase and realize this is the stuff that we've packed in this bag. And some of this stuff we can no longer use. So, so instead of hoarding the stuff, we have to get rid of this stuff. It's time to throw some things away. We've gone to another level. We've gone to another size. So we have to buy new clothes now or we have to downsize. So, but but first we have to open up the suitcase. We keep on packing up suitcases and putting it under 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 the bed, putting it in the closet. And then what happens is that when we want to take a trip, meaning when we want to get to the next level and we need a carrying bag, here we go and open it, and all this stuff from last year flies out on us again. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Here's another good one. Take accountability, and I think a lot, oh, my gosh, I think this is one of the huge, I mean, the largest things that attribute to failure is that we don't take accountability. Oh, Brother Al, how are you going to move on if you don't take accountability for what's happened and what you've done or said or the way you think? Yes, Absolutely. Um, you have to take accountability. You know, um, like I said, I, I speak to a lot of the young men, and I and I refer back to my life 
and, and I tell them, and, you know, and um, I, I remember speaking with my young boys and I was telling them, I said, you know, your coach is out there, you know, and we talk about it. And I told them, I said, you know, I have four kids by four different women. And I said, that was crazy. So I could easily make the excuse, oh, you know, I was playing basketball. The women came to me, this and that. Okay, but what did you do? Just because they came to you don't mean you had to go and speak with them. Okay? The girls didn't get protection, but neither did you. You know? And, and, I, and for me, I feel better. You know? When I say, okay, yeah, I, I did that. That's why I even hear on the broadcast when we talk. I don't mind sharing or, or saying things I've done because now also your story becomes your testimony. And your testimony can help somebody else. You know? So that's why I don't mind mind talking about it and things. And, and again, taking accountability. You can say, okay, I did this. Now the thing is, did you learn from it? Okay, I learned from it too. So I would say, yes, accountability is a great thing. Be accountable. All righty. You know, accountability goes a long way. You know, it's on both sides of the fence whether you're a victim or whether you're a perpetrator, you know, um, accountability, you know, accountability that says I don't give myself to these type of people anymore and I don't feed them anymore, um, plus a whole, a whole bunch of other things. So accountability is, is, is widespread. You know, it, it's something that everybody can definitely step up to the plate and uh, process things differently and accept their, you know, uh, role in, in how things go wrong um, at times. Pastor KL, how important is this accountability issue? Well, it's very important. I mean, you often hear, and sometimes we don't know why we hear this statement, but they say it's me, Lord. And I'm standing in the need of prayer, you know. And, and you know, people will, will think because you know they're they're financial distress or they're going through. But it's just because sometimes it could be their mental their mental stability that 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 you know it, it's me. And, and I've done some stuff, Lord, and now I need help. You know, I I, I need a way of coming out of that. I, I've hurt some people, Lord. It's me. It's not them. You know, everything targets on me. I can't get a job, Lord. Because it's me, I can't get along with my family because it's me. I'm not. I'm not a good father because it's me. I have to be able to look in the mirror and see myself for who I am, not for who I want to be, you know, and not for who I'm trying to trick somebody into thinking that I am, but but who I in, in, in my raggediness, you know what I mean? In, in my unshamed, in, in in my in my my haircut not not done, and in my clothes not not ironed. I, I have to be able to see all the wrinkles and now say, Lord, you know what? I was blaming everybody, and I was mad at everybody, and everybody I thought was just out to get me, and then I thought it was the white man, and I thought it was this man, but, but it's me, Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Help me, fix me, put me back on the wheel, and make me over again. Mm, all right, all right. Here's another good one. Here's another good one. Because this is something that I find that I um, say to a lot of um, my young people. Making room 
for the new. If we don't get rid of this old and contaminated mess we have in our life, how can God send us something, someone new, if we keep, you know, in the same realm of of, of bad decision making? Brother Al. Hey, uh, Pastor, I'm okay. so sorry. Can you repeat that one more time? I'm sorry. Oh. No, it's okay. You know, we're talking about the next point of making space for the new. You know, if we can't get rid of the old, there's no room for the new. You know what I'm Yeah, that's, that's absolutely important. How are you going to make room for the new if you still got all that baggage. That's just like what uh, Pastor Kale just said. Okay, you got a suitcase. It's filled with all these old clothes. There's no room to put the new clothes inside of it. So you have to clear it out. And, and one of the good things is when you clear this stuff out, you feel better. You know, you ever been in your house and you're like, man, I got to get into that back room. And then finally you get in that back room and you pull out all that stuff and then you look. And you just, it's like a sign of relief, like, Man, I finally cleaned out that garage. Now all that stuff is just in there. I finally cleaned it out. So now I got that 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 uh, uh, garage cleaned out. Now maybe God will bless me with that car to put into the garage. You know. So yes, clear that clear that mess out and make room for the new. It's very important. All righty, Pastor KL, making room for the new things that God has for you. Yeah, you know, you said I, I would do a new thing in you, you know, but 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 some of the some of the stuff that he can't use has to come out of you, you know. We 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 walk around with this man or this woman, you know, because we've been told don't nobody else wants you to focus, ain't nobody else going to go go take you. You just got out of jail, ain't nobody else going to deal with you. So so this becomes part of your psyche, and you you be, you believe that. This is all I can get, you know, but, but, but God got something better for you if you press your way through. The problem is we've stopped and we've accepted and, 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 and believe that this is all I, I, I am good for is what I got, you know, but, but, but I come to tell you that, that God will work things out in spite of what you believe. He, he, he already has the blueprint of your life. You just stopped. You know, God has already placed you on a GPS uh, journey, but 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 because there was a traffic jam, you decided to go a whole other way, and that's why we're in the predicament that we're in because you think you know the shortcuts, and there's no shortcuts in God. You know, so so we have to first sweep our own house. You know, you 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 can't get a career until you get a job. So, so while you're at home watching TV or while you're at home playing video games but saying, Lord, I want a career, but you don't even have a job, you have to first get yourself a job in order to get to the next level. And God said, I'm trying to take you to the next level, but you won't move. You keep, you keep sitting in the seat of do nothing, and you want to blame the world. Hmm. Sitting in the seat and do nothing. I haven't heard that in ages. 
You know, I, I tell I, I, I tell the young boys on that too when you know, when they sit back and they say, you know, I want a good woman, I want somebody to be by me and I and I you know and I, they know I'm straight with them because I got one young boy and it's and it's so crazy I'm so proud of him because he was telling me he would play ball for me, but now he's a teacher in the school, he coached basketball as well. And he he talks to me all the time and he's like, you know, coach, you know, I I, I wanna settle down with somebody good and, and I want to have a family. So my thing to him, what I said to him, I said, you want this, but yet still you dating all these girls. I said, how are you going to expect God to send you this good person when you're out here seeing these other women? Because God's not going to send you that person because you're going to hurt that person. I said, you need to clear that out, and then God will take care of you. And, and, and what was such a blessing about that was he did. And he's married, got two kids. I seen him this weekend, and he was just so happy. He called me your coach. Yeah, man, you were so right, man. I left them girls alone that didn't mean that. And my wife is such a good woman. And you're talking about a young man that's 20, 23 years old. And I told myself, I'm so proud of you. So it, it matches right in with clear out this nonsense. Clear, get rid of it. And God will bless you with what you, what you need. Not what you want, but what you need. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Good advice, good advice, good advice. Oh, I like the next one. Prioritize yourself. Oh, you both have said this, uh, kind of touched on this in, in earlier when we were talking about the news. And, you know, focus on you. How do we get anywhere in life if we don't take the time to find out who we are. Brother Al. Absolutely. You can't, how are you going to uh, uh, take care of somebody and do things that you can't take care of yourself? You need to get yourself in order, get yourself together. Then you can go out there and help somebody else or, or be a good man and I'm just speaking from the man part, being a good man to that woman, because you you know what your purpose is. This is what my purpose is. This is what I want to do in life. This is how I'm going to do it. So I got myself in order. So now I'm not going to go get a woman and bring her into my chaos. You know, when she come, I'm going to be feet planted, and I need her feet to be planted. All right, all right, all right. Pastor K.L., we're talking about prioritizing you. One of the reasons why we take so much abuse and why we're so abusive because we haven't taken time with ourselves. Well, this is this is true. We, we don't know who we are. You know, we we we've been labeled. We we've been told who we are. You know, when 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 you said I'm the head and not the tail, I'm the Linda and not the bar, you, you know, when, 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 when we get in the quote all this stuff and it sounds good, 
But we don't know what that means. How many times have we been in church and we've heard the same scripture over and over again or hear, hear preachers say the same thing? And we don't know what it means. You know, you, you have to understand what things mean and who you are. In God, there is no failure. So, 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 so you're not a failure, but you have to understand your purpose in this life. You know, I, again, I, I tell the story. If you're 40 or 50 years old, your purpose is not to be a rapper. I'm sorry, you might like rap music, but, but that purpose is totally gone. We, we need to figure out what God has for you. If, if you was in the hospital, almost at, at death's bed, then you need to know that God saved you for a reason. There is a purpose for your life. That, that of which you went through, it was not for you. It was for somebody else. But you have to, you have to be able to take a hold of that and realize that, listen, it wasn't coincidence or I wasn't lucky that I made it. Listen, God knew you before you was even in your mother's womb. He ordained you. He knew who you would be. He knew what you would do. You just got to tap into what God has for you. Amen. Amen. Oh, we got some other stuff here. I didn't even realize it's like almost at the top. We're at the top of the hour. So we're going to close. We we have to continue this conversation because you men are really, really hitting on some excellent, excellent points here today. The final one we're going to take today is just put God first. Put God first in your life. Brother Al, how are we closing today? Put God first. Oh, man, yeah, definitely put God first. I mean, that's on one of my... Our messages put God first and everything else will fall into place because, again, God is a God who can't lie. God can make mistakes. God is a perfect God. So he, he, he's going to take care of things, you know. And I, I, I'm grateful for the conversation today, Pastor Stecker. You all up in my sauce today with this conversation on things I talked with the kids about. And, you know, even my nephew from what we were just saying, you know, and I told him, you know, get yourself in order before you do anything. My nephew is 30, 34, I believe he is. He's been engaged three times but never married. And my question to him was, what are you looking for? You know, because you, you didn't gave out three, three but, you know, you just giving out rings like you're dealing cards. What, what is it that you're looking for? And he, he should have told me, oh, I don't know. I said, then I need you to stop. I need you to stop and find yourself. See what you want. And then go from there. Put God first. Pray about it. You know, because, again, once you put God first, you can't go wrong. You know, he's, he's going to take care of everything. Get out of self and let him deal with it. Let him take care of it. Amen. 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 Pastor KL, how are we closing today? Put God first. Listen, without God, I can do nothing. But I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. So, so that within itself should tell you a lot. Without God, you can do nothing. So you can try everything on your own if you want to. You can try to get rich schemes. You can try to, you know, I'm going to have all these women. You can try all this stuff that, 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 that tantalizes you. But, but it's not going to work because God is not in it. Once you put God in, in, in the sauce, of your situation and the source of your life, then everything flourishes from there. 
You cannot put seeds on the on the concrete and expect anything to grow. So, so you you have to be able to plant in good grounds, and God understands that you are good grounds. So he's already planted in you. Now allow him to water and add the increase and watch how your life goes. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for your contribution into today's conversation. We got to continue this. This was really, really good. And uh, giving God thanks for you when we pray. You have a blessed weekend. You as well. You You do the same. And happy Mama's Day to you. Happy Mama's Day. Happy Mama's Day. Thank you, you, Brother Al. All righty. Okay. You know, I've absorbed in that conversation. You need to see the time. Let's hold hands and hold hearts as we go into our weekend. The Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We thank you because you have again brought us safely through another week. Dear God, you have awakened us into today, God, and you have just blessed us one more time with another power-packed two hours of your will and your way, your words, God. We're grateful to Heavenly Father because, again, you didn't have to do it, but you did. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for just helping us to understand that we do not need to sit in the seat of do nothing. Not today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, not ever. And, Lord, it is about that time that we step up and sound the alarm and help people to understand that Jesus saves. And he can save us from anything. It doesn't matter how long we've been doing it. It doesn't matter where it stems from. It doesn't matter why. But knowing that he can change things, that he can turn things around, That is a source of comfort, God, that you have given us. You have just burst the doors wide open so that we all would have an opportunity to get it right. And we thank you for being so generous, so loving, so kind. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the ministry that has taken place all week from multiple sources. We thank you, God, for putting your word into our mouths. Thank you that we are learning less and less to lean to our own understanding. And it's about that time that we sound the alarm the way you desire we sound the alarm. Lord, we just ask you, to just be with these families that we talked about today. We've talked about all week. You know, we've seen a surge of people forgetting our babies, our children. And Lord, we just ask you to just touch their minds. That if they don't want these children, there are so many people in this world who would love to take care of 
genuinely love these children and that we can just turn it over, turn them over, turn the situation, give them to someone who would love them, who would care for them. But it's not about us being tired or being worn out or running out of options because murdering is not an option. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to be with the family of, of, of the woman who was murdered pretty much in front of her brothers. Be with the man who murdered her. That you can even turn that life around. There's nothing you can't do. There is nothing impossible for you. We know that you can heal the victim as well as turn around those who victimized. The one who shot the people because less than three four dollars worth of merchandise. Him being angry, frustrated, felt like he was running out of options. Thank you, God, for presenting yourself to us, and we understand that there is an option, and His name is Jesus, and that it is up to us to sound the alarm. It is up to us to help people like this who don't think that they have options. Are we making enough noise? Are we utilizing all of the individuals that we need to use? Are we overlooking people for no reason? We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you for giving us another chance to get it right. And we're giving you the glory and the honor today. We ask you to take us safely through another weekend. We ask you to be with us each and every moment of the day. We ask you to touch upon our lives. That we will understand that it's much more important than we even think it is. We need you and we need you today. We need you right now. And we pray that not another individual that hears this broadcast would allow another minute to go by where they didn't choose you or make you first in their life. We ask you, God, to clean us up as ministers. Clean up all the dirt in our lives. Things that we don't even realize we're doing wrong. Just because you've chosen us to minister each and every morning does not make our lives perfect. So I ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that you fix our minds to be amenable to the changes that you need to make in us. That we will not go left when you want us to go right. That we won't go up when you want us to go down. But that we would hear from you and move accordingly. We ask you, God, to just make that change. That we would not uh, quench the Holy Spirit. That we would allow it to do its perfect work in us. And thank you for such a gift. Such a gift that can't go wrong. A gift that will not steer us wrong. A gift that's with us 24 hours a day. We can't ever leave home without it. Because it's with us. And we just pray, God, that we just suppress 
our own spirit, that we would decrease so that you could increase in our life. Thank you, Father. We honor you today. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Ah. You know, when I was looking up the news, I was, uh, I said, you know, Stephanie, you know, you got all of this bad news, all of this murder and all that kind of stuff. And the Spirit of the Lord said, no, I need you to keep that story. And I see why now, because that was able, that enabled the conversation that we had today. Because I was like, okay, I don't want this to come off as, you know, just the normal news. Because back in the day, that's why I never listened to the news. Because I was just tired of hearing nothing good. But, you know, Shantice always says it. (laughs) And it is so true. You know, we're just a half a second from being newsworthy. We're just half a second from being on the news being the topic of conversation because we see our pastoral team up in the news the man who said you know he's an elder but uh when this child was molested you know he couldn't speak up the one who uh murdered the pastor the gospel singer you know we, we, we talk quite often about people in this arena of Christian living, quote-unquote. We really need to give God thanks because we've been on here, we've talked about the fact that we have been domestic violence victims and uh, I can tell you personally that there could have been a couple of times I could have been dead. There would surely have been no easy time with half staff. We all have spoken very transparently on here where any one of our moves could have cost us our life. Not only during that period of my life, but other things I could have done. You know, how many times have we had sex unprotected. I was a loaded gun right there. So when we think about how God has kept us out of the news, when we think about how many times God has spared our life, when we think about how many times that we should have been dead, but God said, no, 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 not now. When we think about how many times we sat in the seat and do nothing, when we thought we were doing something and we weren't doing a thing, you have to reflect on these things when we go through this news. You have to. You it 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 has to be a day in the week when we hear this stuff that we don't openly say thank you God because this was not me it could have been me thank you God that this wasn't one of my family members because it could have been 
one of my family members. There's so many times when it could have been, but it wasn't. And if this news does not shine a light on that, shame on us. Because that's another reason why you need to give God thanks. See, we ain't never going to run out of reasons to give God thanks. Oh, he's going to make sure of that. You know, for those of us who say, you know, I don't look at the news. I don't read the news. Well, we ain't got to. Because whatever news God wants us to get, we're going to get right here. So once you get on here and the news starts to... uh reveal itself then and then and then again you begin to give God thanks that it wasn't you or wasn't yours you begin to stop thinking about the fact when you could have or the time when you when that deadline was so thin and you could have gone over it had it just been another minute had it just been another hour, had it just been another thought or deed, that that slope is very slippery. And it's all could have been about you. How many times have you as a man not take no for an answer? And boy, are there so many ways that can happen. And you were not you were not held to task for what you did. How many times you as a woman endangered your life just because we were in love or he was, you know, cute. I remember I have, I have a girlfriend and she said to me, she said, Steph, she said, I went to a club with a girlfriend and when I went in, I said, I'm going to leave here with somebody tonight. And oh boy, she sure did. Hell for quite some time afterwards. Hell. Because she took home that wrong person. He wasn't just a, a, a roll in the hay and then he was going to check out. Oh no. It was a, I mean, a mess, and it could have cost her her life. Literally, could have cost her her life. This is this is how we think about things. We don't. Again, there's no plan. Just go with the moment. I'm tired of being by myself, and I, it's not going down like that. You know, we going out, and I'm leaving. I'm leaving out here tonight with somebody. She. It could have cost her her life. Because when I tell you this thing snowballed into, oh, my God, literally, oh, my God, this, this, this was serious. And she, she even brought it up to me a couple weeks ago. And she said, Steph, remember that? I was a child, please. Because that was my life. I remember your story. That would be something that would help me remember. But, you know, it just, it's not. But it helps me to talk to my young lady. 
even if you don't walk up in a club and say, this is gonna, I'm going to leave here tonight, how many other ways do we say these things? How many other ways do we do these things? And we don't think, you know, we ain't thinking down the line. We think it's for right now. And that's what I mean when I say we could be newsworthy right now from just making that one false move. Is that how you're going to continue to live your life, making that one false move? Now, let's, let's, let's remember, the word of God is broad, but yet narrow, narrow, but yet broad. When I say that, I mean when you are just doing things that you think is right. Have you consulted God first? See, this doesn't have to be quote-unquote reckless movement. We're talking about just making the wrong decision, trusting that wrong individual, going into that wrong place, doing just that wrong thing. When you think you're doing right, but have you consulted God about what you're doing? This is serious here. That could easily make us newsworthy. Are you playing that game in your own way? See, we keep thinking that the stories we hear ain't us. But you need to go before the Lord and ask him, is that me just in a different color? Is that me with different makeup on? Is it me with a different set of clothes? Is it me using different words? You know, a Christian people, we walk around and we think that, oh, you know, I don't do nothing. I don't go nowhere. I don't do nothing. I can't do wrong. Think again. Stay before the Lord, asking him, Lord, I need you to check me. And not enough of us are doing that. Oh, I, I, I know because I listen and I watch. You couldn't be consulting God because you wouldn't be doing the things you do. You wouldn't be saying the things you say. So come on. Let's get this done properly so that we don't make the news, whether it's on ABC, CNN, or anywhere else. But are we making the news? God, be careful. Go with God. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing up, and I want to thank my due time to our men for always taking us into a thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us all weekend, helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give God your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until Sunday, God says, where is the Word Prayer Project? Come on in the room and hear what God has us to pray about. Until then, I love you.